Welcome to Collisions YYC, Beyond the Echo. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. In this special series of episodes, I tackle the question of how does the world see Calgary and what can we learn from it? This is a journey of curiosity, of taking the time to gain the insights of the people that are outside of our day-to-day conversations. I'm seeking to learn where there are gaps, misunderstandings, and most importantly, opportunities for us to grow. During this intense period of economic transformation, I'm not willing to leave any stone unturned that may give us an advantage for the road ahead. Join me as I chat with thought leaders, innovators, and the movers and shakers of the world to learn their perceptions of our amazing city from beyond the echo. Well, hey, I'm having a good old fashioned chat with Miss Carrie Vickers. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It's a pleasure. And I think we did the classic Calgary, a friend of a friend introduced us a few weeks ago. Yep. We had a we had a chat, which my audience knows I love I love to do. People are like, what do you do, Tyler? I'm like, <laughs> I just chat with cool people all day. I'm so it's such a, an honored space to be in. But you and I chatted and you have a really interesting background from working in tech. You're from Calgary. You've worked abroad. Sometimes when I meet guests, there's also like, where am I gonna like what's the best place to fit them in from a show perspective, from a theme perspective. So today I thought there was going to be some real value to speak to you about the Beyond the Echo. You've spent some time outside of the Calgary ecosystem or the Alberta ecosystem, and now you've come back. So maybe just talk a little bit, give the audience a little bit of your background, where you spent time, and then let's talk about your journey back to Calgary and what you found when you returned. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm actually a fifth generation Calgarian, so which I know is rare. Especially and, fifth generation. Uh, <laughs> that's really rare. Your roots go deep, deep. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's a bit of an exaggeration because my great grandfather and his dad came here and they brought over the grandparents. So I consider them all to be Calgarian. Well, well, you are a marketer and so am I. So if you can't make a good story out of it, then what's even the point, really? Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. So they came over in the early 1900s from Scotland to work in the coal mines here. Uh, in Lethbridge. And a few few years later, my great grandfather and his brothers signed up for World War One. And I think that's interesting to mention that because I do come from a family that's been in this city because he started his life after that in Calgary. Because And I have heard the stories about the transformation. And so that's really interesting. So I myself, um, I started my career working in marketing and business development for a commercial architecture firm here in Calgary. It's the firm that was responsible for designing the Alberta Children's Hospital and the Calgary Court Center, which um, was an amazing experience for me. I was able to work on the PR on those projects and um, did a lot of business development work for that company. And from there, I went to work in oil and gas. And specifically, I went to work in oil sands PR at a time when oil sands PR was just starting to get um, <laughs> a lot of uh, emphasis and was uh, sort of made a key priority because of the groups that were coming out against the oil sands. So, Carrie, what, what very- I'm hearing is you never pick the you never pick the easy path. Same <laughs> amount of stakeholders. Everybody's <laughs> invested. Everyone has a point of view, and it's not always positive by the groups you're representing. Interesting. That's that tells right. me a lot about you, Carrie. <laughs> I like a challenge. Absolutely. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, and that's, so. that's what we, that's, that's the world we're facing in Alberta right now. So that's exactly why we need people like you on the team. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so eventually um, I kind of had had enough with big oil and big corporate politics that went along with that. So I needed a break. So I started my own consulting business and that's where I really started working uh, and getting into tech. So I started to meet a lot of, um, early stage entrepreneurs in the city and was helping helping them get their businesses started and their brands built. Uh, and I really haven't looked 
back since then. So that was a number of years ago. And I was eventually lured away from um, a client, actually, uh, to join his early stage AI startup about four or five years ago. So it was an AI software as a service startup. And I was a second employee and it was it was a complete whirlwind. So with that and all of my jobs prior, I had the opportunity to to go all over North America. Um, so I've been in a lot of different cities. So I've got sort of a good view of what North America looks like. Um, but I happened to be at a conference in California where I was representing that company. And I met the founders of um, a company of a competitor in New Zealand. So eventually I kept in touch with them and eventually they lured me over to New Zealand. So I joined that, which was another AI startup uh, based in New Zealand. So I sort of, uh, it was a major life change. I packed up my bags. I left my uh, beautiful condo in Earlton and uh, sold about 70% of my things. <laughs> which <laughs> and, is somewhat liberating, but that's another, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> it's liberating. It, that's something a 20-year-old might do, but I was in my, well, late 30s. You were 20. Time, we, don't so. need to, we don't need to get into this. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a big life change, let's just say that. But it was I was super excited to be to be continuing my path in tech. And I was super excited to be able to go to another market. So I've been in North America my entire career. Um, I'd had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in the US as well, which was really interesting, but to be able to go to uh, New Zealand and spend time in Australia and get to understand that market was was really what drove me there. Interesting. So, well, that must have been yeah. an amazing learning opportunity. It's like learning a language, you can read a book about it or you can just go to that culture and immerse immerse yourself in it. So, yeah. so from what was yeah. what were some of the learnings? Obviously you'd you've been working in tech here, so you were familiar with the space. So it wasn't it wasn't that new, but that gives you an opportunity to compare. So what were the some of the things because you were in Auckland, what were some of the things yeah. that jumped out for you like similarities or differences and then we can bring it back to now that you've come back to calgary what is that point of view and more importantly like what can we learn is there anything we can take away from what you've what you discovered on your on your, on your journey over the wall yeah definitely yeah so auckland um although it's on the literally the other side of the world is a really it's a similar culture i guess to canadian culture and calgarian culture as well because auckland there's about 1.8 million people in the city um, so it's a very tight knit uh, community, I would say, and it's similar to Calgary, where, like we were just talking about before, um, everyone knows everyone. Um, there's a lot of a lot of connections, and people really do rely on their networks there. Anytime I hear someone come into Calgary, say they're looking for a job or whatever it is, I'm like, my first question is, okay, well, who are you having? coffee with and um, then you just make a couple intros and they're off to the races and that's how you get a job here. It's not about applying for that's work. That's 100% true. And, it, <laughs> and, and, and it's really the same in New Zealand. It's like the community really supports each other, um, very tight knit. Um, so I would say that's uh, really the, the similarities there. The culture is slightly different, but um, I think I think the main difference is really how they have embraced their technology community. And uh, Auckland specifically may be more similar to Toronto, I would say. There's a ton of startups there. Um, the challenge for Kiwi specifically is they're so far away from where the money is. So, okay, so which funding, is always yeah, yeah. And that's what I see as a very big opportunity for Calgary if we're comparing the two. Um, what I noticed in New Zealand is pretty much every startup there is looking for American money. 
but they're, they're, uh, the difference with them and Canadians is we're so much closer. We have such, so much more opportunity to make those connections and there's so much more value there. Um, from a proximity perspective and a cultural perspective, not that we're really competing, but I think Calgary is just really so well positioned for those relationships that everyone else in the world is striving to have. So, and I don't know if a lot of Calgarians realize that, that we, that we are the, in a really good place. That that it's actually an advantage, not a, yeah, absolutely. And I'd say, if you look at back our primary industry being the oil and gas sector for years, there's, it's, it's a flow of information and people back and forth across the border. Like that's been a well-established, you know, kind of Houston versus Calgary, or, you know, I'm just picking one city, but there's so many deep connections there where money funding and talent have been flowing across the borders for, for, for 60 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So curious, what was, um, and I, and, and I'll pardon my ignorance. I don't know the, I don't know Auckland's background. What was there? Did they have a primary industry before? Like obviously tech startups is a relatively new phenomenon or maybe not. Have they yeah. always been on that path or did they, did they also go through a disruption of a, like a, a forced, if you will, change of, change of focus? That's, that's a really good question. I'm not entirely sure where they started, um, but they are very currently they're very heavily focused on tourism. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see because I'm sure everyone here has heard how well New Zealand has done by closing their borders yes. and shutting down any sort of travel into the country. But um, my suspicion is, is that's going to have a huge negative impact on their economy probably bigger than they can handle is my my thinking because there's it's a it's a it's a country of small businesses it's it's nine well i think canada is as well but it's just more obvious there because there's not as many big brands um it's really uh common to see uh like different uh cafes it's very much a cafe culture but you'll see one little cafe and you never see that brand anywhere else. Because it literally and the mom pa, like that's the that's the family business, and that's what we do. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So and there's so, something enjoyable about that. Like as a tourist, I yeah. love that. That's what I that's what I search out <laughs> when I go travel. Yeah, yeah. So I okay. think um, what's made in New Zealand. So what the startup culture and the technology culture coming into that is, it's made it a really it's a very interesting place for testing technology. So a lot of big companies will come in there because it's a smaller market. And Kiwis are very uh, known as early adopters of technology. Okay, so I didn't know that. They'll come in and it's easy, easier to test because it is a smaller market and then bring it to a larger market. So, so there's a lot of that happening there. And they also have a lot of really strong connections um, and organizations that support the flow uh, of money and opportunities with the US as well. So a very strong ecosystem to kind of create that. You said if yeah. it was one of their biggest gaps was access to money. The gov- so is that when you say organizations, so those government leds where they've put things in place to really be the conduit to make sure they're putting fuel in the tank of all these startups? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when you got there into the community, so you're in Calgary, you were involved in an AI startup, you know, four years ago feels interesting because AI has been around forever, but it seems like it's just gotten really extra cool in the last kind of 12 to 24 months. So you, you, you were in AI, I was in AI, but you know, you were in AI before it was the, the absolute trendiest thing on every newsletter and every podcast I, I come across. But how was it when yeah. you dovetailed into that environment? Was there, was there a focal point? Was there a certain, you know, like for example, Communitech in uh, Waterloo, you talk to anyone who's in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, they're like, 
that really was like it was a geographic location and you they literally just pounded everybody together and magic happened <laughs> kind of os- yeah. osmosis of running into each other in the hallway was there something like that or was there an organization that really was in the lead that if you were involved in the tech like did somebody bring it all together i'm always looking for that lightning rod that i think sometimes calgary we don't necessarily have yet we have a lot of little green shoots but not that big the big one that brings us all together did the auckland have that oh did auckland have that um like, sorry, I just want to make sure I understand the question. Did Auckland have like a, an organization that brought together the AI community? Yeah, or no, just the startup ecosystem, especially like if we're thinking of tech startups, was there something when you got there, they're like, oh, if you're going to be in Auckland and you're going to work in the tech scene, you've got to be part of this. Or this is where, this is the group that brings it all together. You know, I think they were trying to okay. um, really similar, like they're sort of getting there. Like there's organizations, there's a group called... Um, Gosh, I can't remember the full name. It's Callahan Innovation, okay. I think. And so my very first day at this company, I actually met them in Silicon Valley at a conference um, called Saster. I don't know if you've heard of that, that conference, but it's the it's the biggest software as a service conference okay. probably in the world. Um, and we all, Callahan Innovation had gotten some sort of grant to bring a whole bunch of Kiwi companies to that conference. Oh, interesting. Okay. So so I think they've done, a, I, but to be honest, I didn't, see a ton more i think they were giving a lot more uh, like startup funding so you would get grants from them and that kind of thing so they're supporting companies in that way um and then there's all these technology conferences related conferences and um there was a there was a fella there who put on like the ai conference so there were those things that that they were doing quite well but it was such a small community there so it's not like you would see in california but they were slowly getting there and i, I definitely i'm hearing i'm hearing more similarities and differences in terms of the two ecosystems if you're just going to talk about yeah. calgary or western canada based on population yeah. and based on kind of where they're where they're at in, in the cycle curious from a access to market if i'm a if even the company you worked at were, were any of your clients coming from in that jurisdiction or in the country or were, were all of these companies vying for uh, customers abroad? From a customer perspective, we were targeting Kiwi and Australian companies. Okay. So I was curious of like step- where, where you're based versus where your customers live kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it was good for us from that perspective to a certain degree, but we were the, the AI software that we had, there's so many challenges and I could bore you with this, but the AR, AI software that we were creating connected to cloud-based software that a small business owner would use. Okay. So it's super, super tricky because you have to find the people working in small business who are using that technology specifically, the, that package of technology specifically. And um, what I found out quite quickly um, was that Kiwis tended to be on legacy software or legacy programs, and they were actually not as um, quick like I had said earlier, they're early adopters, but a lot of them actually weren't in that space. Interesting. So, so that we were, adoption was a big challenge, which is often. Yeah. yeah. So, but we were so close to Australia. So that became my focus quite quickly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm always curious in Calgary. I talked to so many companies, which is, you know, there's a, uh, again, I'm oversimplifying here, but you have to leave Calgary to be successful. And I've heard that a few companies bring that up and share that. And sometimes yeah. it's to go and even go where the money is kind of thing. Like, you know, that old joke, go where the money is, because maybe you'll trip over it and not having, you know, Calgary funding really comfortable or maybe savvy. It's a new thing for them to invest in tech startups. And so that's why I'm just curious, those dynamics of 
do, do, do companies there feel they had to leave the market, or is it a blend of a blend of both? Because they are you are geography. We we have so much more flexibility here because of where we are in being on in North America. We do, yeah, hmm. and I think we're starting to see that and see the opportunity in that. I think Calgary Calgary definitely hasn't realized the opportunity, but it's it's there for the taking because of the proximity, um, because it's such a great place to set up a business in reality. Um, there isn't that extreme competition that you would see in Toronto uh, for talent. So, and it's, it's really a great place to live and it's got a great quality of life here. So I think one of the main challenges is obviously driving talent here as well. Um, it's two pronged driving talent here as well as driving businesses here. And I think we're slowly tapping into that. Um, and we have, there's so much opportunity in this province as well to uh, work together. There's so many opportunities to innovate in this province that I don't think we're tapping into uh, with oil and gas industry and um, our traditional industries. If we can combine that with tech, then we could really create a new economy here. Well, I think I've had a few guests on and they said, like, let's stop trying to be some other jurisdiction, let's really try to capitalize on what we're good at, but bringing a new filter mm -hmm. to it. Or like I heard what, like what you said, let's combine the way we've done it with the way we could do it using tech. Let's put those together. Sometimes this Absolutely. whole, we're going to be something, it's like a company, you know, the CEO goes on a retreat and comes back and goes, we're going to change everything. And it's like, well, are you even qualified to do that? Like, does that, do you even have the skills as an organization? And I think sometimes there's been a little bit of a chase for like, oh, we could be this new awesome thing. And maybe forgetting at like, we have been awesome at a lot of stuff up to now. How do we then innovate and augment that, which I think 100%. is an easy thing to say in a podcast. <laughs> to just like say it. It's an easy thing to say in a yeah, podcast. Is, uh, I'm going to make some <laughs> big, profound, sweeping CEO statement at... and use my hand to show grandeur. Um, yeah. So you came back to town in uh, 2020. So you've only been back for a little while. So I'm just like, we talked about that, but I'm looking, of course, I'm maximum creeping here, looking at your LinkedIn. And so you've only, <laughs> so you came back right in the middle of COVID, not to turn this into a COVID podcast. but I came in because of COVID pretty much. Oh, okay. Back, so. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a long story. So we got, yeah, we got but, you back due to COVID. Okay, I'll take that as a problem. Yeah, we did. And and so how, so you're back, you landed in Calgary, you'd been living abroad, like you, you left here with being in the, had it changed much? You were gone for what, almost a year and a half. What did you come back to? Did you notice a change in the ecosystem? What was your perspective with a fresh set of new, like five generation Calgary eyes that have been gone for a couple of years? Mm. Yeah, I think um, as far as the ecosystem goes, the technology ecosystem, I think it's um, it's evolved a little bit, and I'm starting to see um, a lot more like VCs, for example, like Intergen and the Fifty One, get more active and bringing people together. I'm not sure if you're um, tapped into Intergen. But a, they're doing a, a little great bit. Job. I don't know Intergen really yeah. well. I know uh, the 51. I had Judy Fairburn on. She was one of like my first oh, top yeah. 10 guests. She's a powerhouse lady. So I got exposed yes, to yes. the 51 <laughs> probably about a year and a half, two years ago. And I'm just seeing yeah. more and more great. Yeah, the great. If you're not, if you don't know what the 51 is, go check it out. They're doing some fantastic yeah. work. And they're and their yeah. media is getting better and better. So I'm I'm feeling more informed about what they're doing all the time. <laughs> Exactly. And they're just a, there's just more uh, discussion and more bringing together of community, which is, is really great to see. Um, so, uh, oh, I was going to mention that the one, the biggest thing that stood out to me that was really interesting, um, kind of going back to, to my roots, being a Calgarian. So I grew up um, here and my granny, who is actually 96 years old now and still alive and telling her stories. She grew up in the city. She grew up in Inglewood and that's where I live now. Um, and it was fascinating sort of seeing the transformation through her eyes. And I never really felt like I had the same experience 
I don't know why, but because uh, I had lived in the city a long time, my whole life. And uh, she would always comment how she doesn't recognize the city anymore mm-hmm. because it's always changing. And that was the first thing I noticed when I got back. And Auckland, I'd lived in a year and a half and I kind of felt like never really evolved that much. There wasn't the same kind of change. And okay. I, when I came back to Calgary after a year and a half, it's crazy how many things changed in that much time. So, and I was, I just felt so proud of that because Calgary is always evolving. It's like an amazing young city. There's so much uh, grit here to grow. So I think, and I'm just like, wow, that's new. Wow, that's new. There's some cool new businesses here and everyone's always just happy and excited and optimistic. And Mm -hmm. I just like love that. The the soft side of like our beliefs and our values. And it's funny, I grew up in Quebec and I spent a lot, I lived in Montreal for quite a few years. I go back to the neighborhood and it feels almost downtrodden because it hasn't changed at all. But you go away for a month in the summer and you come back and something in your neighborhood has changed. It is a very, like there's a, there's a certain energy that that creates, which I think you, well, we take it for granted because we see it all the time. So you have to step away. (laughs) You know, you have to, you have to get outside the bottle to be able to look back and go, Oh, that's what the label looks like. But that mindset, as you bring it into economic transformation, that is required of like, Oh, that's just the way we've always done it. To me, that's a reason to tip it over and find a new way to do it. And Calgary is better at that than I think we realize. That's a really cool comment. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And going into this, well, the the economy is really in the shitter right now. Um, <laughs> well said. We well know. said. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to swear. <laughs> but, no shitter um, is kind of just a soft swear. I don't, I don't, th- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, say, well, we got time for you, F-bombs. It's a podcast not over yet. <laughs> yeah, but if you've been in this, in this province long enough, you've been through that, right? So like right. we ebb and flow constantly and we're always at the detriment of uh, federal policy and it never works out in our favor. That's been my, my, my dad was in oil and gas and there was, there was, this was the life. This is the life it's always been. Yes, you're right. So, and we've always been able to pull out of that. And the things that we've done in this province have been so innovative that there's no doubt in my mind, we're going to be able to pull out of it. And in my view, that's going to be, it's going to be a tech technology evolution. Mm-hmm. So, and I do think that Canadian Calgarians and Albertans um, are the best people to be taking that on. I appreciate. Yeah, no, I appreciate. Yeah. that's really the root of the show. We want to talk about reality, but there's always an underpinning of optimism because I absolutely believe that we're moving in that direction. So, curious yeah. back to back to the kind of the idea of this of this this theme of beyond the echo, getting outside. So, when you were down in the states, and I know maybe and maybe you're still dealing with uh, probably you'll have a lot of connections there. What's the perception of Calgary? Like when you were in Auckland, did anyone talk about Calgary? That feels like a ridiculous question to ask. <laughs> no, Tyler, they did not talk about Calgary. But when you're out there on doing road shows and you're at these conferences, what's the perception when you're looking back with somebody standing beside you and you go, I'm from Calgary and they go stampede mountains and then oh, the conversation exactly. stops. But so yeah what, yeah, what have you run into? Is, is there a negative perception or is, there, or is there just no perception at all sometimes? No, there's absolutely no negative perception. I don't okay. think, I guess, I guess if you start talking about oil and gas, there's always a negative perception. Sure, yeah, Unfortunately, fair, fair we have not gotten past that at all. Um, I think uh, there's no neg- negative perception about Calgary, but most people definitely, when I was in New Zealand, most people just know about Toronto when it comes to the technology space. Um, and I would say it's pretty similar vibe for Silicon Valley. Yeah. So Toronto, Vancouver are well known, but no one's really considered Calgary. 
but that's starting to evolve. Okay. So, and I'm that's so now that I'm back, I sort of went back to consulting and I'm working in the tech space again. And I'm really, I'm really tried to focus my consulting on helping build the Alberta technology economy. So I'm currently spending most of my time working with a Silicon Valley Valley based company called Syndesis. And it's a company that helps US companies employ Canadian talent, and sort of set up satellite offices in Canada. So um, and so it's been fascinating working with Mark, who's the CEO there, because he's definitely not tapped into he's 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 tapped into Calgary because he's got He's got Calgarians working for some of his companies, but if he, if you were to ask him where most of his clients would go, it's Toronto or Vancouver. I I, you, I was fortunate enough to have you introduce me to him, and I did ask him, and he goes, yeah. "I have to sell the Calgary story because they're immediately like, well, Toronto <laughs> feels more safe. I know Toronto. I'm comfortable with it. So that yes, that's 100. percent He told me that too. He's like, I see that there's a lot of opportunity here, but my clients down in the states, it's Toronto right away. Like, and and anything outside that feels risky to them. Oh, definitely. And, and that's, I think what that's up to Calgarians and the community. And now I would, I would take it a step further. I think Alberta needs to come together because there's so much talent here and there's so much opportunity to grow our talent base. Um, and we're a really great place to do business. Mm-hmm. So we need to leverage that, but we need to get a whole lot louder. And the reason I bring Alberta into the, into the mix there in Edmonton specifically is and like basically no one knows this. I'd be surprised if the majority of your listeners knew about this, but um, Alberta and Edmonton is known as one of the, the, the top machine learning and reinforcement learning. I was actually doing um, a conference uh, called Inspire AI and it was based out of Central Europe. And I stumbled on a 90 minute presentation done by Global Edmonton around Amy. And I'm actually, I, re- I reached out and I've got Cam Link, who's the CEO of Amy. He's going to be coming on the show in a couple of weeks because I'd heard about it to your point, but I had no idea. And that something they said on the, on the, on the interview, and it's always something warms my heart when I'm, I'm attending a, a virtual conference in Europe and Edmonton shows up. I'm like, how is Edmonton on the roster here? And he said, if you look at the global shortage for data scientists, we don't have that in Edmonton. So come here to find your talent. Like that one statement alone, I was like, we are not celebrating that at, like to any degree. Google set up their deep learning, like their, their, um, their deep learning or deep mind project in Edmonton. Nobody talks about that. Why are we singing that to the, like the loudest levels we can? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. We've got the research facilities, we've got the education, we've got the the right educators to be teaching the next generation of data scientists in Alberta, and in Edmonton specifically. We've got AMI, we've got DeepMind. Um, we've, so I've just taken on a volunteer position as head of marketing for Google Developer Group in okay. Edmonton. Okay, excellent. Because I'm yeah, because I'm well connected with, um, it's actually uh, from my early days at uh, the AI company in Calgary, the head of engineering at that, comp- at that company now has his own AI company, and he's heavily invested in the Edmonton community uh, because he needs, he's going to need talent eventually. He's grown his business, and he's extremely smart, so he got me involved there, and we need to, we need to start building yeah this so we need to we need there's a couple things we need to 
drive more talent here? Because if you talk to any software company here, they probably disagree with you. We don't have a lot of talent here. Yeah, I've, seen some, of the, I've seen some of the statistics on times of like global, like Canadian wide talent pool. And some, the numbers in Calgary are actually declining over the last few years. Like it was small, but it was going yeah. in quote unquote the wrong direction. Yeah. So although we have the research and we've got like some really, really, really smart people and it's an amazing AI community, we do need to drive more talent here. And in order to do that, we need to we need to build awareness about that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm involved there. Um, and then the other side to that is bringing more companies in here. So there's a company called uh, Tugboat Logic that I believe Mark is well connected to from Syndesis and they're based in Silicon Valley. They're a really good case study because they've set up offices in Calgary. Um, and their founder, I believe is from Toronto. And he was uh, telling me that he looked at Toronto and Vancouver, but decided to set up in Calgary because of a, the amazing, yeah, it's a really good story. And it's uh, his rationale that he shared with me was that it was because he had such a good experience with the network here. So he was talking to some of the women from the 51 and they connected him to other people. It's growing back to that coffee yes, culture. I was going to say, back to yeah. like the, small, the smallest big town, the, 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 the biggest yeah. small town I've ever lived in. I love that about Calgary. It's exactly how we yeah. made it exactly. And you know, I know you. So now if I need some, something, I'll go, Hey, Carrie, who do you know over here? And you'll know two people and like Calgary's and the ability for people to their willingness to offer help and their willingness to open up their network to you and pass on and do introductions. I've never had it to like anywhere like I have it here in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that is so, my West, one of our superpowers. And I think it's so, it sounds so loosey-goosey a little bit, but it absolutely, when it comes to rapid growth and getting the right people in the room and connected and whether it's a customer opportunity or, or ideation or employees, that is a superpower that makes a difference. It, it kind of is an accelerant, I would say. Yeah, I would say so too. And it's also a very easy place to set up a business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and we've we, got the right. If you, need, if you need real estate, we can get you a good deal. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's play a negative into a positive. There's some empty space in the city. Yes, we, got, we do have a little bit of that. And uh, and uh, I do love the, you know, Mark's story. And Sandy says, I'm going to have him on the show because I think the idea of being able to provide, be a talent hub for other parts, like outsourcing our talent while com while keeping them here, there's something really yeah. appealing about the, you know, let's take the positives out of COVID. That's opened up doors that they were opening, but they weren't, they opened quicker. Like COVID definitely threw those yeah. doors open in terms of remote work and quality of, Hey, I know a lot of people from down in the Valley. That is an expensive, challenging place to live. Like, yes, you're in the mix. Calgary is one of the easiest places I've ever lived. Getting around is easy. People are friendly. It's super safe. You and I were talking about that offline. <clears throat> There's things here that are selling features, but we have to tell those. We have to tell that story. Yeah, we have to definitely come together as a community. I think it serves us well if we're actively building an um, I would say one of the biggest developer communities in the country. We don't have that yet. We need that. Mm -hmm. um, we need to build awareness about how Alberta is um, a sought after and sustainable place to set up a business. And you're right with remote work right now, that opportunity is sitting there waiting to be grabbed. Yes. So um, people are leaving uh, San Francisco, there's an exodus of people because they can't afford to live there. So they may as well go live somewhere else. So why not come to Canada? They're also being asked, anyone with an H-1B visa, um, which we're talking about professional, senior professional tech workers who are working at those Silicon Valley companies are being asked to leave the country. Um, 
because they don't want them there. Bring them here. Yeah, so that's so. Like, that's so hey, so one person's short short term decision is our gain. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so there is lots of opportunity. I know that there's probably Calgary Economic Development and all of those organizations are definitely tapped into that. And there's a lot of there's been a lot of great announcements in tech about funding and that kind of thing. But we, as a business community, need to come together and have more of a voice. Uh, with those types of things. I think sometime, and I don't want to undermine, uh, I'll get some hate mail on this one, but that's okay. It means people, <laughs> means that people are, means that people are listening. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. we wait for someone else to do it for us sometimes in Alberta. Like, oh, some, like some big company will show up and save us. Or, you know, I'm really, again, I'm going to get some hate mail for sure. There's a lot of grit here and there's a lot of, but it's like, well, I'm just going to do my thing and I'll let someone else worry about our brand. Yeah. I'll let someone worry about our story. I'll let someone else tell a recruiting story. That's not like, you know, if you look back to the oil and gas industry, it got built by pioneers, not even not even entrepreneurs. I would use the word pioneer that said, yes. get out of our way, we're going to do it. And I think I'm yes. seeing, I'm having conversations with people now that even a year ago, there's a little more of that, like, there's a little more gusto behind it and a little bit more like, no, no, we're going to do it and we're not going to wait for anyone else to, to do it for us. I'm seeing that shift a little bit. And I think COVID uh, made people dig in even harder on that. Like from that perspective, the, the hard workers just worked harder <laughs> during that yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think, yeah, oil and gas is a really good example of that. Then that, that industry has really been beaten down, you know, <laughs> Literally, done, it's, it's mean, in the ninth yeah. round and it's in the corner getting kicked kind of thing. <laughs> and there, and you know, the, the things that we've done in that industry from an innovation perspective are world-class and unbelievably amazing. But we do not celebrate that because anytime we probably have tried, we've gotten beaten down because we're oil and gas and we're Canadian and we're like, okay. Um, we're so damn nice. <laughs> but the thing about oil and gas industry too, is they've also uh, traditionally been one of the biggest funders of innovation. Yes. Which so a lot, should, that doesn't get talked about enough. That's absolutely yeah. the case. Mm. Yeah. And so we should be tapping into that and working together. Those two, those two industries definitely, in this province need to work together. How are you, are you seeing that? I'm starting to see it a little bit more in my limited perspective. Curious, are you seeing uh, more of that entrepreneurship or companies outsourcing innovation because they know maybe their culture doesn't lend the best to it? Because what makes a company really good at being big sometimes doesn't make them good at being disruptive as well. Like those two things almost oh can like risk aversion, safety, security, yes. capital management versus like, hey, we're going to try and fail. That's not something I want running around the hallways of a large oil and gas producer. <laughs> hey, we're going to try no. and fail and see if we yeah. blow up this thing or you know, kill all the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, I've had someone say like fundamentally there's a different culture that needs to be there because of what's at risk versus a start up culture, the fail fast, fail forward, you know, all those catchy phrases, when you take them what they really mean, it means a lot of risk for capital and people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of that, to be honest. Okay. Um, there are definitely startups that are coming up that are typically in the industry that are typically people who have worked in the industry for a long time and are starting and they're at, um, they're at a benefit because they have the network. So um, they've already built trust. They've spent their entire careers in oil and gas. My Jill, who I recommended you talk to, is a really good person to talk to about that. Um, But even those guys tend to have challenges getting to the right decision maker um, when it comes to technology and innovation. So I do think there needs to be a transformation there. What I saw in New Zealand, I always relate this, uh, the problem that you see with big oil to what I saw in New Zealand with big banking. Okay. Um, so we would be, so actually they're quite innovative there now, but it's taken them a long time to get there. Any 
banking system. But um, what they were doing in New Zealand is they started, um, we were working with a bank called Westpac and they had set aside a digital ventures uh, department essentially that had a little bit more freedom, had funding. They were able to bring on, I think they had, I can't remember exactly the number, but they were able to bring on a certain number of startups and just let them go, give them the funding they needed to help solve particular banking problems. And I'm sure majority of them, like you said, majority of them failed, but they're trying to find the one that doesn't fail. And when that does happen, they will see that innovation um, they'll be able to incorporate that innovation into their banking system. You're seeing that with a lot of big technology companies now as well. So Intuit is a really good example. I worked in the accounting ecosystem. For That's a company that has a pretty years. interesting innovation story over the last like even five, eight years. <laughs> yeah. And what you are seeing there as well, huge organization with like almost 4 million users in North America. And they they have had challenges innovating. So what they've done is they've they've set up an app ecosystem. Mm. So you've got now, I think the last I checked, they've got about 900 apps in their ecosystem. So that's 900 different companies, technology companies that have created solutions for the Intuit software. So, and they're super supportive of that. They've got the Intuit developers group. Um, they help those companies uh, succeed. Because when one works, then they can buy them. <laughs> of course, the changes. The, well, that's such a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's an infinite versus finite mindset. It's collaborative. It's not built on scarcity. It's built on we're smarter together. Those mindsets, yeah. I think, are, you know, I've had some people talk about oil and gas for years. They're competing for talent. They're competing for resources. Like, they're at each other's throat. They don't want to share ways of doing things or they don't want to share learnings with each other because that's not how the model works where the startup ecosystem is not is the polar opposite of that if you don't share then it's five people making the same mistakes simultaneously across the hall from each other so that's a different again very different mindset that i I, it's nice to wave the magic wand and say oh they should all act this way but those are that's years of entrenchment and years of doing things and believing a certain way that we're now we're all of a sudden going hey by the way just be different just be different Come on, it's easy, right? Yeah, be different. <laughs> I heard about a podcast, be different. It's super easy, it's super easy. <laughs> be different, evolve. And part of that is, you're right, like it's it's letting go of that. This is what we've created and we can't let it go. You're seeing the open source model become very, very, very successful. Yes. So let's let's see if that works in these industries. So because there's so much opportunity there. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it, and it takes we, we we're trying to solve a today problem with what is an evolution of time. Like ten years from now, I think our ecosystem is going to look very different. But we have people out of work today. <laughs> we need yeah. to solve the Alberta economy challenge, and that's the that, I think that's one of the fundamentals that is we want everything to happen overnight. But be, unfortunately, beliefs don't. Change overnight. That's my experience anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, so from a startup ecosystem, from what you've observed, you've kind of come back and you know, you're sitting at the table with your with your proverbial magic startup wand or, or magic maybe mm-hmm. Calgary PR wand. What's some of the top things you're like, man, if I could change this in six months from now, Calgary was looked at differently or our ecosystem functioned differently or we had a different talent set up. What would be some of the your kind of top three lists? And I'm kind of throwing this question out of you here too. So I apologize. Yeah, that's I, okay. I didn't give you a prep I didn't give you prep on this one. Yeah, that's okay. No worries. <laughs> I, I think it's, um, I think, again, it's that collaboration, collaboration within the industries and sort of really coming together, bringing startup uh, technology, uh, oil and gas, and those industries together to see how we can innovate together. That would be one. Um, supporting the growth of the developer community 
would be another. We have a real opportunity with that. And that is world-class. So we need to get behind that or it's going to go away. <laughs> or or, some, or someone know? else will capitalize on it. Because the, when there, yeah. there's a need, some other entrepreneur will step in and go, oh, I'll fix that problem. And that entrepreneur could be another city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of great organizations that are supporting the growth of technology in Alberta. But I think we need to get louder as a business community. So the right, the right elements are there. We just need to get louder and start getting other... Uh, jurisdictions to recognize that. And when I say jurisdictions, it's um, the likes of Silicon Valley who are looking for cheaper places to do business. They're looking for good talent because their talent is leaving. Um, and these are problems that we can help solve here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, I think is just really, I, I'm going to take it back to the female, the women uh, mm-hmm. aspect. Um, we need to support the growth of women in tech. Uh, women uh, and uh, diversity as well. So, in, sorry, I say tech, but I think in the Alberta business community in general. So, mm-hmm. there's another. I think I think it's a great place to be a woman right now in tech and in the world because there is that opportunity. But and everyone's kind of listening and being more supportive. <laughs> I think there's a universal but. acceptance that we need to do better. Or maybe a couple of years there was like, oh yeah, that's someone else's problem. We're now to, to, to disregard it or to say it's not a thing is just ignorant. Like you, you, you honestly can't, if you if you're informed at all. And I yeah. think that that starts with, again, any solving any problem starts with being aware of what it actually is, what we're trying to even yeah. deal with. Yeah, and I think Calgary's notoriously been ignorant to that. So mm-hmm. not that like we've all been able to have careers and start careers and um, become very successful here, but there's still that undertone. And like you said, like there's still a lot of people in the city that think that that's not an issue. So yeah, that, that it's that's someone else's that it's someone else's problem or it's another city's issue. And oh, we don't have that here. Uh, no, I, I think it is a very real challenge, and it, and it definitely comes up. And I've had a few, been very fortunate to have a few guests on the show that spend a lot of time in that space, from the Alberta Women's Entrepreneurs Network to individuals that focus exclusively on you know diversity, div, uh, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and just those overarching concepts. And I had yeah. Jennifer Curry on. I'm not sure if you know Jennifer, very active, and in, she innovates and in those aspects of Alberta. And she said, "Hey Tyler, just FYI, those." That that include that non inclusive policy doesn't really work for men either. By the way, <laughs> and I appreciate it. I was someone with a thirty year career in the resource sector as a as a senior mm-hmm. leader as a woman, and she laughed. She goes, "It's not just women that aren't getting, uh, you know, they're getting held back by some of that, you know, stuff. It's a, it's everybody." I thought that was a good perspective of like, you know, what we just need to fix the overarching problem while simultaneously creating more opportunities for women to take part in our transformation. We need everybody in the game. That nobody can be on yeah. the sidelines for this. Is my you know, oversimplified? Yeah. I th- and I'm going to add a fourth one to your please, list. Please, please don't hold back. <laughs> I think we need to make um, Alberta a great place for immigrants to come because we are opening. Back to diversity and, and inclusion. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much talent in this world. And I think we need to, Alberta is such a great place to live. The quality of life here is amazing. Uh, we can be driving a lot more talents, global talents to the city, but we need to really make it a great place for immigrants. I think you're and absolutely right. And, if, and hey, yeah. you started your story with talking about your family coming to Alberta from another part of the world for a better life and to and to then contributed to the economy we have today. Like I, these conversations that are seem to be anti-immigration, you're like, are you missing the point of how we got here? Like it seems, no, <laughs> it seems so short-sighted. You know, the us were here first is like, well, no, not really. Like that's actually a not ridiculous really. statement. <laughs> that's another all. whole podcast. Let's not go down that road. But sometimes yeah. when you hear those statements, I'm like, 
uh, really? Like, let's back up how many generations before we find that your family came here as well as mine did. Exactly. Immigrated to Southern exactly. Back, the farming community about four generations ago. Yeah, and that's the beauty of Canada. Yeah. And that's how we are. And Calgary specifically, that's how we are so innovative. So Everybody's here. You're one of the here. rare few. Everyone's here is from somewhere <laughs> else. Like, you think of anywhere yeah. we should embrace it. Most people I know, yeah. I'm in, I'm, I am moved here 20 years ago and I'm proud to call myself a Calgarian now, but I definitely yeah. came here from somewhere else and found this amazing land of opportunity, friendly people and and just like a willingness to be open to do new things that just didn't ex- just doesn't exist the same way in other parts of Canada, in my experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That uh, that we can be successful together, sense of abundance, even though we're in tough economic times, I still think there's a, we don't have a scarcity mindset here in the same way that you might have in a Toronto or Montreal, where it's more competitive. The economy, you know, Montreal for years wasn't great. It's a lot better now, but there was a tendency to be a little bit more closed knit communities of if you didn't know somebody you weren't going to get in, where Alberta, if you could show value, you could get, you can get a gig, like you can get a job, you can get a project with somebody. It's great for that. Yeah, definitely. And more than I agree. Yeah, uh, Carrie, Carrie, I feel we're both lined up on this pause. I'm feeling very jazzed about Alberta right now after this conversation. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so, thank you for your insights. I really appreciate your perspective of one working in tech, but also having traveled. I, I you know, I was joke. You left the village. You went out, and you know, you did your exploration. You came back with some insights. So, yes. based on that, obviously, you said you're doing consulting now. What? How can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach out and get connected if somebody wants to either engage with you or just have a chat? Yeah, definitely. I'm honestly not very active on social media um, because I'm usually helping my clients with that. You're too busy. You're too busy doing <laughs> like, the work. You know, I, 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 yeah. it's the shoemakers. It's, yeah, it's, it's the agency that doesn't even have their website up, but they're doing great work yeah, for their clients. That's I get it. it. Exactly. So I would say LinkedIn is the best place. So, and I'm always happy to chat and help. Uh, I love talking to other people who are starting software companies and who are in Alberta and growing or other developers here. So yeah, definitely look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection. Happy to chat there. Fantastic. Carrie, very much enjoyed yeah. our conversation today, your insights, your point of view. And it was, again, my selfishly, I get, to re- I get to have the coolest chats with the coolest people. So thank you for taking, <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Tyler. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. Thank you. My pleasure.